Cubed Apples is exclusively sponsored this week by TestRail by Gearox Software. They help teams build rock-solid software. Thanks for joining us for episode number two of Cubed Apples, the very highly anticipated, much-hyped, much-ballyhooed, eh, who am I kidding, um, uh, the very late episode. Um, we did a recent episode uh Oh, I don't know, a month and a half ago now, and uh, unfortunately, real life got in the way, and some of my extracurricular activities had to take uh, a backseat uh, to both some personal and professional things that were going on. Um, however, we have gotten a lot of stuff squared away and uh, should be back on a regular schedule going forward now. So um, really looking forward to some of the things I've got lined up here. Um, got some guest speakers, uh, guests in general, um, coming on here later this month. Um, well, I guess next month now. Um, and uh, we'll have a uh, co-host joining us here in the very near future as well. So uh, keep uh, keep listening in for that. So with all that being said, uh, let's jump right into to this week's topic. As many of you know, um, Apple recently released a couple of new devices. Um, they uh, pretty spectacular um, all around, I think. Um, very high quality. Uh, in addition, they also uh, at the same time released their new iOS 8 update um, for their phones and, and, and iPads, etc. And uh, it, uh, I've been running it for... I don't know, a couple months now, and it's been great. It's uh, got some really cool features and additions and things that you can do um, specifically around sharing and extensions, um, the ability to add, I guess, widgets to the Today screen um, is a great, great thing. Um, it lets you have a really quick way to add or change or edit or interact with an application um, without doing anything special. You don't have to boot the application up, you know, you don't have to switch over to it, you can do it right from whatever you're currently doing and just you don't have to do anything else. You just you know flick down from the top, pick the application of your choice that you, you've set up on there and do it. All that's great. Um, unfortunately they had a few problems, um, known bugs that were there, things along those lines, and pretty much even before iOS 8 was released, they were planning what they called iOS 8.0.1, and it was intended to fix a lot of bugs, a lot of issues, um, things that were there that they knew about, and I, I don't know, I guess about a week or so beforehand, you know, they released it to the development community and they started testing it. Um, didn't go so well. They released it early in the morning uh, this past week. Um, and to say it was a fiasco would be putting it nicely. They had... Uh, a, a small problem in that the new phones that they released wouldn't work. Basically, they were they were making them large bricks. Um, now that may be a little harsh. They they did still technically work. They just couldn't connect uh, 
cell phone connectivity wise and touch ID stopped working which two things a phone is supposed to be able to do is make phone calls and to let you log on to it um, so two pretty significant issues there um, and they they promptly pulled the release and went about setting it right uh, got a quickly got an update out uh, in fact I just did mine not too long ago um, it seemed to work just fine across the board but in the course of all this one of the things that came up was hey how did this happen um, it's not like they didn't know uh, that that um, they had issues already with iOS 8 um, how did they release a product that was genuinely this broken they you know it wasn't like they put something out that had been rigorously tested because people had been testing this um, and I, I saw an article by uh, one, one of the uh, blog Apple blogs last week that was really interesting um, and, and basically saying that Apple's testing policies would possibly be ultimately responsible um, now they they went on to name a specific QA manager um, within their organization um, I, I won't name names on this on the show um, but you know if you want to look at the article I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes and basically this guy not only was involved in this situation he was also involved in the Apple Maps fiasco um, from a couple years ago with, during iOS 6 rollout and that the, the problem was due to um, and, and you got to give this guy a little bit of credit he, he's got over 100 people spread around the world testing all kinds of different things scenarios etc and one of the things that they said was more than likely to do with this issue was the fact that they don't the testing team doesn't get access to the new phones until they're actually released to the customers or, or announced so to speak so what what this article was suggesting was until Apple unveiled this new device or phone to the world their testing team didn't even get to use it which means they only had a very small window of time to test this new 8.0.1 release on the new devices before it got sent out as it so happens and turns out the only devices that were affected by the serious problems that they had were the new devices um, and in reading the article, it's very, I don't want to say disingenuous, um, but it's not really accurate as to lay blame at this gentleman's feet because, you know, the reality is it's a corporate standard that's in place that they really can't do anything about that. And that, you know, that that's not necessarily a fair thing or, or whatnot, but it is the state of affairs. Now, what you can say that he possibly didn't do was make it more of a concern that, hey, we're putting this out. We haven't tested this. These other groups have signed off on things, but we haven't tested anything in an integrated fashion yet. 
we need to do that. Um, and that's, that's really all you can hold him accountable for. Um, it, it's a very tricky situation, if you will, uh, as a QA manager, because there's not a lot that you can directly affect, right? You're not always hands-on anymore with the testing. You can't say, I tested this. So you're, you're completely reliant upon the people under you and that um, are, are, are actually doing this testing for you. So you have to trust that they're going to do the things that need to be done. Your job as the QA manager is to make sure that they know what it is they're testing and what they're supposed to be doing. Remove any roadblocks out of the way. And when things like this come up where, hey, we don't have access to this hardware, we've been asked to provide this level of confidence that this is ready to go, we can't do that acceptably. And it's very possible that this happened in this case, that this was brought up and that, you know, said, hey, we can't, we can't do that. But what has to be done is make sure that there's at least some level of accountability for making that decision. You can't just say, too bad, we're sending it anyway, because that rarely, rarely works out. Um, I, I've been in a lot of situations where that decision has been made, and ultimately it came down to the point where somebody has to take ownership of that decision. And if you're willing to say, yeah, we understand it's not, you know, there are risks and concerns here, but we're going forward with it anyway, that's okay. Somebody just has to own that. Um, as a QA manager's role, it's not necessarily your job to own that decision. Your decision is to make that information known and make sure that everybody's aware of the situation and all of the issues surrounding it, the risks that are there, what may or may not be done, all of these things that need to be taken into account so that the proper decision can be made. Um, we don't need to be put in a place where we are asked to take ownership of something that we can't directly control. The only thing that I'm personally willing to take ownership of or, or take accountability for are things that I actually have the power to change or impact change with. Um, in this particular situation, if I didn't have any control over whether or not this product got released, I will not take responsibility for being the person responsible for releasing it right i will say these are the risks with releasing it um, these are the things that we think are problems these are the things that you need to be aware of um, you need to make that decision these are the things my recommendation is that you don't do it yet but here is a list of things that you need to consider um, and, and i think it's it puts Apple in a very bad light right now. Um, not so much because it was a broken release. Um, they, it's more indicative of these are the kind of things that didn't used to happen, right? When Steve Jobs was there, you did not have this type of situation because he wasn't going to release something before it was ready to be released and before it was absolutely perfect. Now, they've had issues before, antenna gate, etc., but you didn't see anything of this level where their phones literally became useless due to a software release. That's just the kind of thing that didn't happen. And this may be an isolated incident. 
you know, maybe this could have happened under Steve Jobs. Maybe not. But it's definitely something that's worth paying attention to because it's tremendously embarrassing to the company. And it's coming at a time when they are writing a kind of a line, uh, a balancing act between trying to continue being the company that they've always been with trying to release and produce new content and new products and new services. And they need consumers trust right now. They need consumers to believe that they produce the very best things and it is in their best interest to buy into this ecosystem. And if they're making misstep missteps of this magnitude right now, it worries me as a fan of Apple what that holds for the future of the company. Um, so it, it's something that that's definitely worth paying attention to and, and keeping track of going forward. Um, so I, it, it came up this week. It's something that I was really it just bothered me how a people responded to it and referred to it, but also just the general perception of, you know, I don't blame this QA manager for it. I, I think it was a, a particularly bad form to specifically name someone that you have no idea whether he could make or break or change or do anything to fix this problem but name him simply because he also happened to be involved in the maps issue. And uh, I don't know. It's just something that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And it's kind of been weighing on me. And I thought, Hey, this is a great thing to start off the, the new podcast with because it's a good topic of conversation. Um, and it's a good example of what kind of things we need to be looking into and referring to going forward. So, um, yeah, uh, Going to take a pause real quick for a sponsor break, and then uh, we'll get back to it. This podcast is sponsored by TestRail, Gearock's modern test management software for QA and development teams. TestRail is used by thousands of teams to manage and organize their software testing efforts. Not only can you manage your manual and exploratory testing with TestRail, you can also integrate TestRail with all of your automated tests, and it integrates with issue tracking tools such as Jira, Redmine, and Bugzilla. Please check out the newly released version 4.0, which you can try free for 30 days. You can find it at httpgearac.com forward slash testrail or by using the link that I have included in the show notes. Um, in addition, Gearac is currently in the market for account engineers and support engineers for testrail. This is a great opportunity for an experienced tester to come in and help drive this great product forward in the marketplace. Gearock is hiring for these positions remotely in North America and Western Europe, and you can find links to the job postings within the show notes. I, I gotta say, these guys do a great job all around. Their newly redesigned website in version 4.0 really show that. They have their finger on the pulse of the QA industry, and they're working hard, really hard, to stay ahead of the curve. Um, be sure to check them out and uh, tell them you uh, heard about them on Cubed Apples. So the other thing I want to talk about, I guess, this week um, is what does it take to get a good release out the door? Uh, part of why I have been so tied up over the last few weeks has been uh, the, the fact that we're trying to, at my current present company, get our next major release uh, 
out to the market and it's gone mostly good I guess uh, there are times when I wish that we could uh, do some things a little bit better and so a part of that is you know now taking a step back and saying okay what are the things that we're doing good what are the things that are doing maybe not as well at and how do we improve upon those things and how do we take what we know now and use it to release a really good solid product so let's start with what it what what can you do to release a good product where as we we talked previously me in the role of a QA manager what what actual impact do I have what are the tools that I have available to me to make sure that I can release a good solid product um, one of the easiest things um, and, and for some people maybe the only thing you have in your arsenal is your ability to say no um, it's not the easiest word to say it's only two letters um, might be the hardest two-letter word to say period being able to say no when a product is not ready is incredibly important to your ability to deliver a good product. If your product is not ready and you know that it's not ready, you owe it to yourself, the product, the company to stand up and say, no, it's not ready. That being said, they may not listen to you. You know, saying no doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stop a release. But at least you're able to take a step back and point other people towards the fact that, hey, you as the person that does this for your job doesn't think this product's ready to go out the door. Hopefully you have done your job well enough that they respect that and will take that into consideration. Now, like I said, may not stop the release, but at least it will help bring that topic to the table when they do have to do their due diligence on what needs to be done um, there are a lot of things that will that will go into that decision you know risk mitigation you know what the customers need what what promises have been made um, any open issues you know all of these things multiple teams will be involved there'll be a, there'll be a lot of discussion around this it won't just be any one person saying it's got to go and if there is, then that might be a problem in and of itself. But, you know, it's quite possible this entire team will come to the decision, hey, it makes sense to go. But if they truly do their diligence and everybody is at the table when you have these discussions, it should become apparent to everyone. And, and I found this to be the case. If you put a very good argument and and have a valid reason for you saying no that this release isn't good enough chances are everyone else around the table is going to listen to that and make that a part of their consideration um, and you probably won't be the only person saying no at the end of the day so the big takeaway just be ready to say no just don't don't say yes or don't say I'm done because your time window is up you know just, just because that's the case or 
we've done all of our testing, our testing piece is done. We're going to kick it back to the development team or to the product owner or to the business and say, yeah, we're done. Here's your list of issues. Do what you're going to do. That, that really doesn't help anyone. Um, you need to be able to take some ownership in the quality of the product. Um, so, you know, what are some of the things that we do in order to make sure we do a quality release? Um, we have several layers uh, of testing at our organization now. We have our scrum level, which is, you know, the various scrum member, QA team members that um, work with the development teams to do testing during the development phase, you know, getting the product out, built and out the door from a development standpoint. Um, once that happens, that passes off to what we call our system or release level testing, which takes our multitude of different products from all the different teams and you know organizations and departments and brings them together into a single environment where you know this is the first real integrated environment that they've come into. And then we take all of that together and then approach it just the same as what we would as if we were an actual client. Um, I like to tell people for all intents and purposes, we are client zero, right? We are the first client that gets this deployed to it. Um, we only take patches and bug fixes the same way a client would get them. It has to go through the production chain to get to us. Uh, we do it the same as if we would to our, our actual clients. And that's, you know, that allows us to get a good understanding of what's going to happen when we show up at a facility site to deploy our application. You know, how is this going to work? Are all the pieces going to work together? Are there any gotchas we need to know about, etc.? cetera? Um, and then along those lines, we are implementing kind of what, it, it, it's similar to a UAT-ish type of testing um, where we are mimicking the roles that are in place at a facility or, or customer site, um, we are taking on that persona and testing it across the board and in a full integrated environment as if we were at that customer site and that user's um, doing that user's job. That gives us a better understanding, not just of making sure that the product operates the way it was built and designed to, but it also operates how the customer expects to use it and how it will be used by them. Um, that gives us a much better understanding of what we're actually building um, and whether it makes sense to the end user. Uh, there are things that we've come to the conclusion that, hey, this doesn't make sense. We probably need to go back and relook at this whole area. Um, those are the kind of things that come up during this testing that are in absolutely invaluable. So those are the two main pieces. And then once we sign off there, then we go through a final track using a specific clients. Uh, we have various uh, beta customers that we work with and we take on their specific information, stand up an environment that mimics them, go through the same process again using a specific customer's data now so that we know it's not clean data. It is an actual what we will see when we show up at the, the client site. Load that up and go through a round of testing with that. Same as what we did before, but now it's focused specifically on an actual end user's uh, environment and data. 
and provided all of that goes well, um, we don't have any performance issues, we don't have any stability issues, we don't have any um, workflow issues or anything like that, um, we will then come back and say, okay, we feel as this QA team, this product is ready for us to send out to our customers and, and, and to start shipping. And once all that happens, that's our release, right? That's what we send out to our customers. Um, is it a perfect process? No, it's been tweaked a, a couple of times already. Um, there are more changes coming to it, you know, some of which I'll, I'll be talking about uh, a little bit later down the road. Um, we're adding some more layers to it, things along those lines. And, you know, that's where we're trying to get to, though, is, is where we have a good, solid, repeatable process for sending out our product and our, our deliverable. Um, one of the last things that we do before a final decision is made, too, I, I guess I should mention this, we go through, you can't fix every bug. It's not realistic. It's not feasible. Um, there, there are varying levels of priority or, or um, importance for each bug that comes in. So you're going to have a list of issues that are outstanding, um, some of which you know about, some of which you don't know about, some of which you know the scope of, some of which you just know the actual issue. You don't really know the full scope of it. Um, so, you know, we, we go through and as an entire program level team do a full accounting of all the open issues. Um, product owners and stakeholders have all prioritized them and we walk through them and say, is there anything in this list that prevents us from moving forward with this release? These are the issues. These are, this is everything that we know. Um, most, some of which has come from the scrum level team, some of which have come from product owners, some of which have come from the, the release and system testing, some of which has come from beta testing. You know, this is everything we know. Is there anything in here that will prevent us from going forward with this release? And if not, then we're going to go forward and we're going to send this out to our customers. And so that there's, there's, as a organization, we have collectively taken ownership of this is the release we're sending out. This is what it pertains or contains. And this is what the, our customers will be getting. Um, and so far it, it has gone well. Um, like I said, there are things that we need to tweak and fix, but, uh, for the most part, yeah, we're getting there. Um, slowly but surely, we we're we're getting there. So, um, that's all I've got, I guess, for this show this week. Um, I plan on having the next new episode coming out uh, a week from today, and uh, once that happens, I will uh, uh, you'll you'll get a little nice little notification in uh, iTunes or whatever your podcast uh, provider is. Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, want to uh, welcome you back. Um, hopefully you can stick around and uh, enjoy some of the great content we have coming down the pipe. And uh, absolutely be sure to check out our, uh, our sponsor. Um, we, we, we thank you for listening in to us. Um, and uh, like I said, make sure you check out the uh, our uh, sponsor, TestRail, um, they, they do some good work uh, and they, they are very much appreciated uh, right now. So um, thanks again and we will talk to you guys next week.